Well, hello and welcome to the queer experience. My name is Eric. I use he they pronouns. Um, and today we're we're talking about Marvel um, because it's a giant franchise that is churning out movies and TV shows and content at a speed that I cannot keep up with, <laughs> but I have. Um, and so I've assembled some folks, um, and I believe I believe one of them was here when we talked about Marvel versus DC a while ago, maybe two. Chris was definitely here. It was you and Ama. Oh Chris yeah, 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 yeah. Nodding yep. affirmingly. Yep. <laughs> um, so we're we're revisiting. So we're going to spend today talking about Marvel from the past year ish. Um, but I'm gonna let my guests introduce themselves. If you want to tell us your name, your pronouns, and any other thing you want to tell us about yourself, and we'll start with Earl. Oh, my name's Earl. I hate that show so much. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And I guess for the sake of this, um, I would say what got me into Marvel would be the Fox era cartoons, Spider-Man and the X-Men back in the early 90s. And uh, hi, I'm Juicy, Juicy Garland, a Boston area drag queen and super nerd. Uh, you can find me on all places on the internet at Juicy Garland or at Juicy.Garland. And uh, I got into Marvel also through the fabulous X-Men animated series, which I loved. And that is what made me a nerd for some of these movies, too. Hi, I am Emre. I am the one of the international people. <laughs> in this call again i'm getting deja vu um my pronouns are he him i teach i scream i act funny and my favorite x-men is jean gray mm. we love a fainting queen honestly <laughs> redhead i was there from the get-go <laughs> i have exerted too much energy quick to the fainting couch <laughs> Just that's one. just me when I teach. Uh, hello, I'm Chris. He, him pronouns, and um, I'm a writer, um, content creator, blah blah blah. Um, and I actually got into Marvel super late. I only got to Marvel once the MCU actually started, and then I went back and watched some of the the older stuff. Um, but yeah. That's me. I'm very excited to talk about. Was was Iron Man your first then? Um, probably. Yeah, I did used to watch DC more. Like I used to mm. watch like the Adventures of Lois and Clark when I was mm. a kid and yep. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Marvel. I think it must have been just the very first Iron Man in the MCU. Yeah, before Dean Kane turned into the fucking monster that he is yeah. in 2024. Yeah, we, we, don't don't talk about that. we don't talk about listen, that. Listen, listen, <laughs> that man was my gay awakening. Dean Kane in Adventures of Lois and Clark was my gay awakening. Again. Again, I'm just like, why would you do this? This is a personal attack on me, Dean Kane. Well, he's also like consequently ruined one of my favorite gay movies, which is Broken Hearts Club, because he's like the lead in that. And I'm like, how do you go from being a lead in a movie with Billy Porter, Zach Braff, um, I'm forgetting the a couple other folks, uh, Timothy Oliphant, I think. And like, if you like, how do you go from that to the person you are today? But we digress because <laughs> this is not a DC panel. <laughs> this is a Marvel panel. Um, and Marvel has its own problematic people, which we'll end up talking about today because there's implications about things that have been going on for the future of the MCU. 
Uh, but so, and I guess I'll say, Mike, since uh, Earl was so kind to do an icebreaker question for me instead of me coming up with one because I'm bad <laughs> at them sometimes. Uh, my, I think my Marvel entry point in some ways was X-Men, the animated series. But like I watched that as a kid and then I think I kind of fell off for a while. And then it was the X-Men movies when those came out that kind of like reignited like my love and admiration for like that franchise. And then like with the Spider-Man movies came out like that era of superhero movie cinema um, that is now apparently some of that's all fun, like rolled into the MCU now, which is weird, but like, you know, I mean, because Patrick, Patrick Stewart's Xavier is in the MCU. I was going to say technically they all rolled in now, technically speaking, because Spider-Man of course showed up in yep. No Way Home. So yeah. And then we we keep getting, uh, and this we, we'll talk about this probably a little bit later, but we keep getting the hints of the X-Men yeah. where it's like, here's another one. Like we're going to keep, we're going to keep edging you until your blue balls are so much. <laughs> and then we're going to probably fumble the first movie. So whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. So for everyone, what, what, so the past year has given us, I would say a broad spectrum of quality of content from Marvel. Mm-hmm. One way to put um, it. It's the most eloquent way I can say <laughs> that uh, politely. What what were folks were, you know, and this is the movies, this is the TV shows that have come out. What were some highlights for you? Like what was, what was something that was big for you? And we can kind of start with whoever wants to go. Hot take time. Absolutely oh nothing. Ooh. Is that a hot take? I don't know. <laughs> I I am personally so over Marvel movies at this point. I have utterly stopped watching them. I mean, it's fair. There's, and I feel like, you know, same thing with like the RuPaul Cinematic Universe. Like there's so much content all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just too much. It's too it's fast. Too much. Can't keep up with it. And the quality is Midland at best 95% of the time. And then you get like into the Spider-Verse stuff. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, which, and I was and I was considering the Spider-Verse movie to be part of this like slate. Um, but that one was really solid. Yes. Acro- uh, across the Spider-Verse. So I, I have my own beef with that. So because again, I think that was more of a of 2023 where we got so many movies where like we're gonna give you like half of a movie and at some point promise you another movie next year i don't know maybe next year maybe not next year and then i don't think any of them are actually getting sequels this year so that yeah. fast 10 um mm. mission impossible but i'm like we're just gonna end mid and then use- well i know for spider-verse i know that they're i know it's in the work like i know the next one is obviously in the works i know the writer strike i think halted some of that like put Makes some sense. of that on pause because the production had to stop even though it's animation like the writer still obviously yeah. stopped um no, I've, I greatly enjoyed Across the Spider-Verse. I, and maybe I also had like, I mean, I thought the movie was really well done. I also had the fun experience if I saw it in like a Sunday matinee and there was like a family sitting next to me and it was the kid's first movie they'd ever seen in a theater. Aww. And it was just like, the, the parents were apologizing from the jump. Like, we're so sorry. They, they, like, they might be misbehave. I was like, listen, I'm at a movie theater on a Sunday afternoon. This is my own fault. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I have chosen this time and day. Um. But the kids were just like so enthralled through the entire thing. And then they were yelling at the fin- at the ending when they're like, wait, but what happens? And the dad Amazing. was like, this is called a cliffhanger. And the kid was like, I don't like it. <laughs> well, can I, I would just say I appreciate that you were not because so many people online get so mad when people dare bring their kids 
the movie theaters nowadays. And I'm like, it's kind of messed up that you kind of want this to be your own experience. Where like, I still think part of the movie going experience is the communal experience of like, yes, you get yeah, Roddy exactly. Roddy cry, you get you know kids crying, but it's part of the experience. It's a shared experience for a reason. And I right. think Marvel has been, for me, why they've declined in some quality <laughs> over the years is because they've been catering to the theater experience a lot. So like, here's some cameos, here's some like one minute scene that's gonna make everyone in the theater go wild but then like i struggle ever re-watching something like that because the quality of the movie itself is not that good it just has some the, some of those moments i'm not talking about spider-verse i thought that was like an excellent movie i've seen it three times already but like everything else the mcu specifically has done over the past couple of years i don't know like i i it's hard to rewatch them because they're so made for those wow moments those cheerful moments in the theater versus actually being well written it's it's not just that they're also material like problems with the way they're producing the films like they're basically at this point animated films where actors are constantly in like uh, uh, synth fabric suits running around in front of a green screen not knowing where the hell they are the actors are rarely in the same room together so you don't get good performances out of the actors who are who are really talented people it's not their fault and then they're not building any sets a lot of the time so there's no space to inhabit and they're just churning and churning and churning out movies not really making any good film work and like the Spider-Verse films are different because they're trying to make a good film and they're taking their time. Whereas, like, I just watched the Marvels because I wanted to do a little homework as well. And um, it was fun, but it was not a well-made movie. And, like, those actors are all great actors, but they're all kind of flat affect the entire time because they don't know where they are, what they're interacting with, ever. Uh, I'm going to pop over Emray. Emray, what is yeah. What have you, because like, I know you've been also on the binge. Yeah, uh, like, and uh, if we go back to the previous discussion, it, it, I think it's kind of visible recently considering, for instance, how much they're losing in the box office compared mm. to previously. Like these movies were big money makers, And now from um, Quantumania and forward, it's just, they're not breaking even anymore. They're not getting the good scores anymore. Um, And a lot of that really does have... Um, like that is the effect of the production. It's they're really it's just green screen and hoping for the best. And it's visible when you watch the movies. Mm-hmm. They're not bad by any means. They they might not be you know works of art, uh, but they're not bad. It's just you can still tell that the quality has declined from the very earlier years oh, yeah. of the MCU. As someone who did their homework recently, going back to a movie from 2014 to um, the 2023 movies, like I watched the entirety of Ant-Man from the first movie to Quantumania. And it's just, you notice how, okay, the quality is actually declining. Yeah. Quantumania, like we could have a whole episode about Quantumania and how awful it is. Like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. No, I didn't hate I, it watching it in theaters. I was like, oh, this is fun. Leaving it, I was like, I am never going to remember anything that happened in this movie. Nothing. <laughs> like, I will remember nothing of that movie. I I thoroughly enjoyed Ant-Man. I thoroughly enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania was just like, it felt like a genre shift. And I'm like, what is this? What, what am I seeing? 
why did this turn from um from a family movie like a movie about bonds and family and fun to we're stranded in an alien dimension well i think that they've grown bolder with bringing in the comic book genre like sort of pieces in their narratives right so like in the marvels there's tons and tons of marvel lore and that's really cool but at the same time there is has been a shift in tone as well where there there's a lot more swearing in the marvel movies than there used to be i i think i heard the word shit like 10 to 20 times in the marvels which really stood out to me if you contrast with like iron man yeah guardians of the galaxy free dropped the f-bomb mm-hmm. out of nowhere i'm hearing i'm hearing the f-bomb I'm like excuse me <sighs> Well, yeah, it's because it's, it's because Chris Evans isn't there to correct everyone and say language, and so <laughs> Mr. But, Pratt, the bitch, like, <laughs> please watch your language. I'm a Christian woman of high stature. Like, this isn't uh, this isn't acceptable. I will tell my church choir about this. No, um, what was the question? <laughs> well, I think we, well, I, I start, the question started with what did we like about the Marvel Cinematic oh. Universe in 2024, 2023, and I and set then the juicy, tone with and then nothing. Juicy came in hot with. <laughs> nothing and then we just kind of derailed i'm gonna reorient us a little bit and i'm gonna say that i think i think i agree like i definitely i definitely can feel that like i think right now what it feels like for me is maybe not fully that like everything is falling apart as i think some people are like the mcu is dying i'm like i don't think that that's fully it i think it's just hit a point where i think they're trying to figure out where they're going and how to get there and I think that they the roadmap was bumpy for a it's been bumpy. I think we're getting a lot of these like really fun little one off movies about people. Like I thought, um, I mean, this one was a little bit a while a little while ago, but like Shang Chi, I really enjoyed, and like some of those where it's like it it's a Marvel, but it's like a step out from the bigger universe. Yeah, and it's its own contained little story, and like those have been really cool. But the road from Iron Man to Endgame was such a narrative arc that they planned out charted methodically did etc and now i think that we've gotten past that i think they're trying to figure out what that next narrative arc well, is yeah well, i almost then. suspect oh, that Disney... i think earl, i think earl had oh, sorry, Earl's been sorry. trying to jump in <laughs> no go no i was gonna say because um you know i i i enjoyed mcu i've just never had it at the same um, high standards that people have because I always thought they were really fun movies but they weren't necessarily high art and then they were, a lot of it was driven by the fact that they had like this background plot that people were invested in and I think the problem with phase what four and five now is just not it's that they have so many different directions you're introduced to characters and concepts like the Marvels is a good example we met Miss Marvel a year ago in a tv show <laughs> that then you have to wait a year to see what happens to her. Then you have to spend the first 10 minutes of that movie kind of recapping that TV show because you also can't assume everybody who's going to see the movie has I seen see a TV show. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing with, um, what is it, Valerie, who was introduced in uh, Falcon and the Win- uh, Winter Soldier. Mm. And she showed up in Wakanda forever. And yep. she's supposed to be eating the team soon. But I'm like, she's had two appearances in like five years. We know really nothing about her. But she's supposed to be a central figure going forward, or again, kind of teeth in the mar- uh, you know, Swan the Marvels. Part of it has been this young Avengers. We've met Kamala. We've met, you know, like, uh, and it's like, oh, but like these characters, like the Hawkeye, I completely forgot about her. There's been two years and three years since that show, I think. And it's like, oh right, she's still around. 
Yeah. And like, I should clarify, I don't expect these movies to be high art. They're fun. They're popcorn movies and that's fine. But the, there's been a, a downgrade in production quality that is really visible. And I think actually you sort of got to an important point there is that they're so dependent on the TV shows that they're starting to film these movies with the same kind of framing and and production quality as the TV shows. So the Marvels didn't look like a Marvel movie to me because it's been a while since I've seen a recent Marvel movie. Instead, it looked like WandaVision. It was filmed like WandaVision was, which was a great show. One of the only good ones that they're streaming. But like it it's a shame because they don't really feel like the blockbuster films they were making like five years ago when they were all still making too many then too. Like I just looked and they plan on for the next three years, basically a movie a quarter to release. And, and, and I'm happy to kind of back away with that this year because of oh, I mean, a very variety of factors. There's only one movie this year, but there are several TV shows that they have. But uh, again, kind of jumping back and forth on the TV shows, like, Again, there's also like, going from Secret Invasion and seeing Nick Fury to what Nick Fury is in the Marvel is such a tonal weird whiplash between like mm. this guy who's like fighting this war and he's and it's like he's joking and laughing with these cats. I'm like, when did this happen? Like just two months between these two projects. That was, I think, what I mean for me, Secret Invasion was kind of a like dud. Like I was like I was invested in certain people and I loved the women. But like everything else was kind of, eh. and I just wanted to be like, dear women, do you need a massage, a chiropractor for carrying the weight of the MCU on your shoulders? I I think this is uh, especially like I generally when I watch Marvel anything, I watch female led primarily. Mm. Like I am more interested in actually watching the Marvels than I am watching um, any four movie. I'm not interested in four whatsoever. I tried, unless Hella is on my screen, I'm <laughs> Hella uninterested. Um, a, I, it's, <laughs> for me, like the M, the women of MCU really do carry. But if we go back to like the previous thing, um, the self, I think that's what the self-contained story is really what made Across the Spider Verse so interesting. Because yeah. you didn't have to go to show A, B, C, D, look at movie F, G, H, uh, read the lore, read the novelization, look up on YouTube, look up on Wikipedia, um, con consult the stars, look at the tea leaves. You didn't really have to do all that to get an idea. It was everything was contained within its own universe. And that's made it, that's what made it interesting. Apart from obviously the beautiful art and the good story. Right. You weren't confused. That's the thing. I sorry, I wasn't sitting there and thinking, okay, but I don't know. I haven't watched this and this and this and this. Like yeah. I watched that end of Quantumania and I watched that um the post credit scene of um Loki just going like, oh no. And I'm like, okay, but I haven't seen Loki. I don't know why he's going, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what is going on? And when you when you do the homework and you go from year to year to year, everything that happens in between, I'm just like, okay, where are we in the timeline? What have I missed? Which which thing should I be watching? It's yeah. too much lore at this point. I almost want them to do a reset. Like, do a new 52 Ultimate Marvel thing. Hit the slay button and just... 
be done. I don't well, think anybody I, wants a new 52, but. <laughs> and, I, and I do think one thing, like, the, and, and we won't get into a ton of it because I know it just came out. And so I don't want to, like, if people haven't watched it yet, I don't want to spoil things. But Echo um, just dropped on Disney slash Hulu because it's like, I mean, it's a gritty fucking show. And it's one of the, it's the first of their series that they're calling the, their spotlight series, which means in theory, you don't need to watch anything else in order to watch this content. Um, and like, everybody, everybody just threw his arms up. Like, Literally, blessed be. Like I watched the first episode of Echo and it was very interesting, but knowing that I don't have to do extensive research into the MCU means, mm -hmm. okay, I want to keep on watching it. I won't be confused. I will actually be able to put my, like, put my full focus into this. And like, yeah. as I, like I've, I finished Echo and like, it was solid. Like it's five episodes there of whatever length the episode needs to be, which I always kind of appreciate. Like, it's not like a, every episode has to be 42 minutes and we're going to fill it with whatever seems to work. Um, but I think it also did a nice job of like, it highlighted a lot of native culture, the lead being, um, a person of hard of hearing and like everyone on my, I was reading articles that like everyone on set learned some like basic ASL. So that way when she arrived to set, she didn't have to try and figure out how to navigate and communicate. Like people were able to, to do that. Um, you, it was one, it was a project that I've watched from Marvel that felt like there was a lot of intentionality and love and um purposefulness put into it and knowing that they also hired like actual native writers to write the show um one of my one of my favorite sci-fi fantasy authors rebecca roanhorse who's written a bunch of cool stuff was one of the lead writers on at least a couple of the episodes um so like that's something that i'm really excited about seeing them move forward with is like here's like a one-off thing that like you don't need to know everything else and like for echo like are there spots where like oh like it could be nice if you had watched this other thing and that might give you some extra layers. Sure. But like, you don't, you don't have to in the same way that like, I don't know, to watch like, what were some of the other ones that came out this past year? Like guardians three, you need to watch all these other things, not just the guardians movie to get you up to kind of knowing and understanding like, okay, like why is Gamora we like different than before? And like, what's going on with this character and da, 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 da. Um, so I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I would say, I do think James Gunn did a good job mostly with Guardians and mm -hmm. trying to keep them as self-contained. Like, he really didn't have a say in what happened with Gamora, but he made the best of the situation. Like, yep. I think to really kind of understand you, that you really just have to watch the three movies and probably the Christmas special. Guardians 3, for me, was a highlight of the MCU last year because it did feel like a capper on that universe and those characters where you kind of get, like, this, this found family kind of coming together and they have their happy endings but there's enough threads there that if you want to put them you have a new guardians team you can pursue in the future you have no way if you want to do, focus on that but like this actual like this trilogy that he wanted to tell the story of like that's mostly kind of complete yeah i walked out of guardians 3 liking it a lot more than i anticipated liking it mostly like i'm partly because i just i don't like I don't like Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> I mean, at this point, I don't know. But most people, well, I shouldn't say most people because lots of people still find him enjoyable for whatever reason, and I don't understand it. Um, but like, you know, he's he. I think because it wasn't fully centric on him, made it stronger. Um, like, I, I'm and I think 
I was going to say, I think they did that on purpose, too, because it. I don't throw it. Like, I feel like the first two were Star Wars movies. Like, no, no, Groot's, I mean, Rocket's always been the main character. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. He's a much more interesting character, so let's go with that. Yeah, like, yeah. Rocket Raccoon's story is so much more engaging. Like, not, not that Star-Lord doesn't have, like, an interesting story. It's, um, I like, but having just re... Literally, um, 15 minutes before this, uh, I finished watching Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> but um, that made me tear up. Like, I I was just like, oh my God, this actually hits the emotions. This is interesting. This is such an engaging story to watch. And it wasn't about Chris Pratt. And it's like, yes, I, I will take this CGI raccoon over Chris Pratt. And I have no shame about that. You and all the furries. Okay, but <laughs> you can't say that Counter-Earth wasn't like some kind of utopian, what if furries ruled the world? And I, I, I literally just wanted to point at the screen like, oh, I know him. It's like, I've probably seen him on Fur Affinity or something. It's like, Jesus. Bless. But we it, love the furries. <laughs> honestly, it was, it was more interesting because they focused away from that one pivotal, one character that they almost focused everything on and made it into an ensemble thing. Like, oh, we got um, Gamora's story, uh, you know, trying to, not liking uh, having to fit in a box she doesn't even know of. And we have Rocket Raccoon's story about his uh, origins. And we have Nebula's story, who's trying to be good and lead. And we have Mantis' story. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Give us everybody, not just, oh, um, here is Chris Brad and his backup dancers. Yeah, no, I think Guardians was one of my probably one of my favorite like out of the the past year was probably one of my favorites. Um, I also like, and I know we've already kind of talked about it a little bit, um, but because this is a podcast, no one can see my background of my my Zoom call right now. It is it is the the cats from the Marvels. Um, I like, I had so much fun with the Marvels. Oh yeah. I, unabashedly like oh everyone was God. like this movie's so awful and i was like you just hate fun yeah it's like, not this, a bad movie yeah no this movie, this movie had a it had a singing musical planet uh, yup my we ass did, was thrilled <laughs> we it, did an, an entire <laughs> extended sequence of memory i was just gonna say <laughs> when that happened i lost my shit i was like dying cackle oh my god it was amazing like mm -hmm. I, I i had some complaints about the production value of the movie and i could go on a little more but like there were really smart moments in there the freaking memory scene was just genius level like tonal dissonance and it was incredible because it was the whole freaking song they committed to the bit which is my own personal lifelong philosophy commit to the bit and yeah, no, it was really fun. That was a fun movie. I don't know why people shit on it as much as they did. Yeah. The I mean, entire did... movie theater was howling when the memory scene came on. Everybody, it was full out, burst out laughing. I was, I was, I was laughing so much I couldn't breathe. Like, I'm sorry. Somewhere between the cats eating people and them, I was like, this is better than that movie. Uh -huh. This is better than the Cats movie. I'm here for it. It was so much fun. It was just a fun movie. Like, I didn't expect it to be art. I expected it to be entertaining. I think it on if I I think it delivered, absolutely delivered on that point. However, will I remember most um 
of it outside of the musical Planet and the Cats number? Probably not. Like in the all it did, all I will remember the most is the post credit scene. Mm, remember that, that was fun. That uh, was really the post fun. the post credits was uh part one was uh Kamala going and trying to recruit young Avengers. I thought that was the end of the movie. That was the yeah. Yeah, well, that's the end. Yeah. And then and then um the X-Men introducing uh Oh right. Beast. Beast. Yes, yep. yes, okay. Which that that was fun. And I like the twist that they had with um her mother right there. But yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that movie a lot, but you can tell that they're turning up so many movies, they're not paying nearly as much attention to detail with the production stuff. Hey, yeah. But I and I felt that I I thought it was a movie carried by the performance. This is really dumb to say most movies are, but like if you like take a like the everything around them was a mess. Like the three women had a absolute fiasco. Like the villain yeah. was non-existent. It was dumb. I don't understand the resolution of Pop Shot anyhow. With like, yeah, we brought back water and oxygen to these planets. It's like, a okay. Um, <laughs> and I like they probably chopped up the movie a lot in the cutting room to get it under two hours because we always need that magical under two hours to make sure you get as many showings in as possible. Yeah. Because I felt like there should have been more time with the the three women together. Because um, there's like one part. Where, you know, Miss Marvel's fangirling over Captain Marvel and there's the planet, and she gets so upset at her that she doesn't rescue everybody. And it's like, okay, then they're over it. I'm like, what was the resolution to this little stuff going on with these two? Like, her hero is not, 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 not a complete person, and it's just glossed over, and you move on. Yeah, they never really let them act like people. Like their characters, just they're not written like people. And a better movie would have been about the fact that you should never meet your heroes. And if Kamala had to contend with that and had an emotional journey throughout the film around that, that would have kept the whole thing together. And it would have been a great film. Like that would have been really cool and interesting. Um, but it's the way they're turning out things so fast. A good example I noticed by accident, because I had to like stand up because I was doing chores as I was watching. And I got closer to the TV and there were close-ups on the three women, like uh, like uh, shot reverse shot between the three. And you could see their like super suits falling apart. I could see like pieces peeling off. Like that's how little attention to detail Disney is putting into it as they're turning these out so fast. Which we're, and we're what, again... Like we're a phase away from there being a Starbucks cup on set is what you're saying. <laughs> At least. Yeah. Just like in game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, and you know, it, it, we, I don't want to take a dump all over the Marvel movies the whole time. Cause th they are really fun. They're intended to be fun. They're not meant to be high art. Um, but I think what's happening is we are watching some, uh, a shift in the way movies are made because in the early two thousands, we got our first real successful superhero movies. And then Marvel leaned in and did Iron Man as a test case and kept going. And what I think Disney is doing is making the same mistake. The studios made back in the fifties and sixties when they did way too many musicals. And then people got bored of musicals and they stopped making a profit. And then they made some really big, expense the like hyper expensive like um uh hello dolly i think was the most expensive film made at the time or one of them 
And it totally bombed because people just didn't give a shit anymore. And I think that's what's happening is we're seeing people get fatigue and Disney's trying to pump more money through these movies and they don't want to give up that ghost because they remember when it brought in so much more revenue and they've tied so much of like Epcot to Marvel that I think they can't give it up yet. And I think that's what we're watching is like the end phase of people getting over the genre like they did with musicals in the 60s. And be a few big bomb. Yeah, I think they're going to be a few big bombs in the next year or two, maybe three. And that's when Disney will have to give it up, just like they backed off of Star Wars because they did the same thing there. And I, I do think one thing I will, I mean, I keep going back to the Marvels, but like, I think one thing for that movie in particular, because I know everyone was up in arms because of how much it bombed relative to like all the rest of them. But like everyone doesn't rem- like doesn't talk about the fact that like the the actor strike was happening. Yeah. And you literally couldn't have Iman out doing a press tour. And you can't tell me, no one can tell me that if Iman would have been out doing a press tour, like weeks leading up to that, that wouldn't have been one of the most hyped Marvel movies because that woman is a Marvel nerd more than most of the fanboys on the internet. Like she knows the fact that she called what universe things were happening in before Kevin Fahey was ready to announce what universe everything was happening in and was trying to lie his way through it. And she was like, nah, girl, I know what's happening. Hilarious. She has a burner Reddit account that she goes on Marvel (laughs) subreddits and corrects people who are wrong about Marvel lore. Bless. That's I love her. She's the well actually of uh, the MCU. (laughs) Um, Like if we go back to the Marvels, I honestly, we should, Two things. A, this could have been an email, but um, it should have been a TV show. I really wish it would have been a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Like we could have then seen the entire like, why did Kamala really want to build a team? You could have been like, oh, she met her heroes. She what? She saw that they have flaws, and she wants to build something that is greater than what she saw. Hence, she is trying to recruit people for Young Avengers. Yeah, I think if we even if it had been a mini series of like, oh, here's six episodes, okay, fine. It would have still been more. It would have still been more fleshed out, and we would have maybe remembered something. Yeah, this was just two hours of like twiddling thumbs, occasional fun, good acting by the actors themselves with the material they were given, mm-hmm. and then we proceed on. But. How much will like how much will we remember from the Marvels and how much has it affected, you know, the grand scheme of things? I don't think um, the Avengers were like, oh shit, where's Photon? Um uh, Chris, Chris, where where are you at with thoughts on on any of this? Yeah, I mean, one of the big questions that now we ask because of what the MCU has done is what important like what value does this add to the overall? picture and that's something we as audience now ask a lot because marvel taught us to ask those questions so then like we watched eternals which i love that movie so much but then at the end of the day people were asking like did this matter does it add anything else to the larger picture and i wish it was not a question that we ask all the time because like i don't know i can still just enjoy it and really love this one one movie for what it is can't say the same for like Ant-Man 3 because that was not <laughs> enjoyable. Maybe it did add something. I don't know. Kang, it just added more like. It, I mean, that because that was supposed to be his. I mean, that was another big entry point for. Yeah. For what was supposed to be their big villain of the next arc. And now none of us know what's going to happen because 
and they've they've renamed i think temporarily at least i read this on the internet so obviously it's 100 true that uh avengers king dynasty has been like shopped back down to avengers 5 as they're trying to like rework on things and figure things out like what they're going to do like are they going to replace jonathan majors are they going to just completely abandon the king story arc and i think realistically they could abandon the king story arc based on how loki loki season two ends and it would be kind of fine and you could just just give me the fucking X-Men. Like, just give me the goddamn X-Men. What are we waiting for? I'm but, so confused why it's taking us this long. But I get at the same point. It's like, where did the X-Men tie into the universe? And again, it sucks that that is the question we ask, but that is how they've trained the audience. It's like, yeah, you don't want, yeah. it's like, like uh, we were mentioning the Marvel. It's like, that ends with her form of the Young Avengers. And I'm going to say it. I'm like, when would they actually show up then? Because the next movie is Deadpool. They could have a cameo in that, maybe? Captain America Brave, New, Captain America when, Brave New World. And De- Deadpool's like MCU ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they count it, but like. Yeah. So like, it's MCU ish. It goes into the revenue like, stream. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. giving MCU, but in another one of those like multiverse alternate dimensions. The one with the X Men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then you start thinking if they introduce the X Men to the main universe 600 something or another. um who are they like okay so we have we know that um professor x exists in two dimensions and in one of them his neck is on correct um (laughs) and we have beast here and we actually there are actually mutants in the main uh, like in the mcu considering that namor was a mutant and and kamala uh kamala Kamala ms marvel ms marvel is a mutant but then like okay so um where's gene Where's Scott? Where's Professor X? Where where are they in the main universe? How will they suddenly be introduced if they're introduced to the main universe? What will be the complete power shift of it all? And it that's going to be like an interesting thing to see. But there's also this fear in the back of the brain that please don't botch this. Like so- we've waited for these mutants. We love the X Men. Please don't fuck this up. And, and I feel like Doctor Strange, like this, this was also a few years back now, but like the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie, that was supposed to be the movie that like brings everything in, right? That's supposed to be the movie <laughs> that like introduces us to all the other universes that we as audience know, but the MCU characters know. And then I don't know what happened there. Like they just, they were like, like, they were like, here's like, everybody. They nah, just attached just different parts and made and, it into a movie. And again, and that's I, kind of, to the point of them not knowing where they're going next, there's just so many different things that's been introduced. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eternals and the Eternals had the CS heroes, and it's like, no, like, you know, that's a joke on Twitter. It's like nobody's mentioned like this giant thing in the earth, <laughs> yeah, in, in, in like five movies. It's like it's just their children. Like, okay, and I, and I guess like my, so I mean, well, we know that Fantastic Four is on the horizon. They're they're slowly filling that cast list out. They're slowly getting things together for that. So like, we'll get them, and maybe that's the pivot for the next phase is to put more light on them, which would be cool because the last iteration of the Fantastic Four we got was um, mm. it was a film. It exists. Uh, it is something you, that you are able to watch. You, your eyes can consume that visual narrative. Do we really want um, to call it a film? <laughs> uh, it is. It is a series of moving pictures. <laughs> I mean, with sound. It, it was a film, but in the sense of like this is the very first film some art house students would would do for their graduation project. 
that's the mm. vibe it was giving. Like it was giving a movie by the definition. <laughs> but it's made of real movie parts. But and so I see that as a as a and then maybe this can be like our what are what are we hoping for moving down the line segue. But like I do see that as a a possible narrative. You can bring in Doctor Doom. You can do some big arcs with with some of the characters there. Um, and then again, you have the X Men sitting there. And I know Emery was just like, "Where's Jean Grey? Where's Skyclops?" Like, and I'm gonna say a real hot take, controversial thing. I kind of don't want that central cast. Like, no. give me Professor X. Give me new people. Like, give me, I don't, because what happens when you bring in Gene, Scott, Wolverine, is that then it becomes a Wolverine narrative because he, you know, the love triangle that is the three of them. And that's what happened with a lot of the X-Men movies for a while. I mean, even, I would say most of them end up becoming at least pseudo Wolverine centric. Well, also huge act man is just so charismatic and has a lot of oh, like sure. camera presence. Like he, he just does. So he oh. was always going to take up the whole room whenever he but was like, on screen. But I, I would just, I would love the X-Men roster is so deep that yes, I would is. just love to see More other Kitty pride, Kitty pride and done well and done correctly. Mm -hmm. um, oh. Rogue would be nice. It would be like, well, Rogue has been decided. We collectively, as a culture, have decided that Kiki Palmer mm. is going to be Rogue. Um, and I just need Kevin Fahey to catch up to that narrative. And then you have the problem like, oh, there's Rogue, but um, we just saw M Mystique becoming a mistake um, by getting <laughs> impaled. It, there, yeah, there's there's like, what, 5,722 X-Men out there. Just pick someone that isn't. Or... Um, pick Hope Summers, pick Rachel Summers. Like you want yeah. someone in the Summers family and a telekinetic mastermind. Fine, there are 50, 11 people. That being said, I still want Jean Grey because at one point I want to stand up in a the movie theater and scream mother at the top of my <laughs> poor damaged lungs. Well, because inevitably we'll get Storm because we have to, because I said so. Um... <laughs> And what so that can to be a frog when it gets hit by lightning, people. The same thing that happens happen. to everything else. <laughs> the same thing that happened to Josh Whedon's career. Oh, for the best. <laughs> well, I need a straw so I can just like sip this drink shadily while you said mm. like, um, Earl, you were going to say something. Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I think part of it, and this is kind of what's happening with the recent phases, is like, I think if you do do X-Men, you do do the classics because that's who the mainstream are expecting. Sure. Yeah. But the flip side of that is, for the most part, I think the X-Men films are kind of well-liked. Not all of them, but for the most part, I think, you know, one and two, first class, there's the future mm -hmm. past, are well-liked movies. Yeah. And it's like, hard, like, it's fantastic for, I think you can kind of point to have just not having great movies. So right. it's easy to kind of like, okay, we can fix that. Where X-Men, it's like, oh no, we actually like so many people in these roles and you kind of want them back, but you, so it's like that weird tight rope where like, again, Spider-Man had the, you know, like, I think, you know, the Tobey Maguire movies are beloved, but then like three happened and then Amazing Spider-Man. I do enjoy the first one, but like one and two. So he had three movies in a row over about a decade where it's like, we can reboot on X-Men. It's like, yeah, we did kind of like their movies, and it's far enough away that it can kind of have nostalgia for them where it's like, oh no, like we want, like, you know, we, I mean, Hugh Jackman is coming back in Deadpool. Uh, yeah. So we got that going for, but like, you kind of want, like, you know, maybe how you bury it as, as a cameo at Storm in one of these movies I or something that. like that. I, 
And I would but, love for her, like, I would love for her to be able to, to play that role and be given good writing and yeah. be given good, good dialogue and coached correctly. Because as someone who grew up watching Buffy and the other Josh Whedon things, when that movie happened and she did the line that we is so infamous now for how bad it is, I, I understood his, I understood the humor that he was trying to go for in that moment with the way that he's written other things. And it just wasn't delivered that way, which is not, I don't fault Halle Berry because that's a direction problem because no one told her how to do it the way that they wanted it done or how to do it in a way or, or direct it in a way that it made it funny in a very like off the cuff Buffy kind of way. Cause that, that was the vibe. Um, so I would love for her to be able to come back out and do something. Um, I also think that uh, Hugh Jackman being in Deadpool three is I Deadpool is such a, fucking troll of a human and a character and ryan reynolds is a fucking troll of a human as well that i could literally see them bringing hugh jackman in to kill him off in the first 15 minutes like do something wild that he explodes or i mean i know he doesn't really ever die but that's the kind of shit that i expect from deadpool like put him out of his put him out of commission like oh he he explodes into chunks and it takes the entire movie for the chunks to reassemble. Mm-hmm. But if we go to the Deadpool movie, they're also bringing back Jennifer Garner as Electra. Really? And Death, oh, wow, yeah. they are. <laughs> they are. That's Electra's hilarious. coming back as Jennifer. Which, uh, Electra's I coming love back that. as Jennifer Garner. <laughs> no. And it's like, damn. Okay, so we're tying in the old Daredevil movies now? From way back when? From like 20 years ago? <laughs> Well, well that's how far back the Marvels go, or the Marvel movies, go, or not Marvel, Ooh. the X Men movies go, right? Like, yeah, because Daredevil, the Daredevil and Electra movie came out. Those movies two, came out two right after. Yeah, they came out after the X Men ones. Um, and it's not going to say they weren't in the X Men universe. Yeah, they never said that they were, but they never said that they weren't. They weren't. Um, but also, it's wild that they're bringing in. Jennifer Garner's Electra, while also at the same time, they're like slowly canonizing the Netflix Daredevil mm. uh, and such movie like series, which also has Electra. I wonder if there are contract issues where they have to. Like, I mean, if if possible. she had a contract where they had to bring her back if they were going to do additional movies, and this is them fulfilling those contract obligations, I can see that too. Yeah. Um, I will. I want to. I want to get people's uh, opinions because this is a a fun thing. So talking about the future of things, um, we so there has been rumbling of the casting of uh, Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. There is there is an there is an alleged official on IMDb rumored parenthesis of Pedro Ooh. Pascal. Listen, oh. I don't care how powerful Sue Storm is. I will break through those four squeals. Get your hands off my man, Sue. Get your hands off and my it, man. And when that when that news broke, as as one can expect, the inter, the internet was a divided place. Because there were a lot of people saying that Pedro Pascal does not have Reed Richards energy, does not have whatever. I firmly fall in the camp of I you you have probably said that about a hundred different casting choices and have been wrong. Where it's like, oh, this person doesn't read so and so to me. Well, but then do you, you remember see them- Heath Ledger doing the Joker <laughs> and everyone right, being right. like, why the hell would you cast him? And then one of the best superhero performances in history. Like, 
Right. Pe- Pedro Pascal is an actor. He can handle it. It's not heavy lifting. Jesus. Yeah. I, 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 it was fan casting go both ways because like, like, I, like, again, not to dump on him too much because I do like him as an actor and director. Like, so many people wanted John Krasinski mm-hmm. as Mr. Fantastic, yeah. and we got him in um, Doctor Strange, and it's like, oh, like, part of it was like he's just filming to himself, so you don't have any. I'm like, oh, this is so low energy. It's like, oh, he's a terrible. I mean, people spent years trying to get him in that role, and it's like, yeah. Like so many people are just like, oh, like this person looks just like that character. Like this is it. I'm like, this you, you could throw a wig, cut somebody's hair. You don't need that. It's like, how can they act? And I guess Pedro Pascal is an amazing actor, so he will nail whatever they ask him to do. And I do yeah. think they should have an older. Re- I think it's much more. Actually, man, I think it's much more interesting when they grow up than it's like their origin over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And then like, the the rumored casting that they have right now for um, Zeus. Uh, yeah, Sue is Vanessa Kirby, who is in the crown as Princess Margaret and young Princess Margaret. Um, also in oh. Mission Impossible. Oh, oh that's her. mother. That's mother. Look <laughs> at her. That's oh, mother. those cheekbones, honey. Honestly, like, what? what is that saying? She took... Um, she took mother log. She went and studied at the Mother Logical University or something. That's <laughs> honestly that's what it's giving. <laughs> like she got a she got a degree in she she got a major in slay. I'm like yes, but like, I've never seen like, the ground. And I think that if you know, depending on how true these two rumors are, like I think it, I'm excited to see Pedro Pascal be able to come in and do something that maybe isn't quite as gritty as some of the other stuff that he's been doing, like. Mandalorian, The Last of Us, like those are not like ones that are going to highlight and showcase like maybe your your comedic ability or maybe some of your the more of the charisma that a Reed Richards would have. Because like Joel in Last of Us is, you know, literally just trying to do his best and not get murdered every day. And like it's it's a very different role. So when I when I heard that, I that's why I was so pumped because I was like, I'm always down for like the wild card. Like this person is not who I would have picked for a thing. Um, but yeah, so let's let's we'll we'll kind of wrap up with our last question of like, what are either of of the things that are coming out from Marvel in the near future, or things that you hope to see? What are some things that like? What are you all looking forward to? Or what would you look forward to down down the line? As I see everyone pulling up the the, the lists of what is coming out in the next three years, it's Correct. like seventy five different movies. And how we I mean, still we're I've still on enough. phase five. We and another phase has been roadmapped. So, oh yeah, they have like a twenty year plan. I'm sure. I can start because I have an answer, which is I want X Men. And mm-hmm. what I think they are doing is waiting enough time for either Ian McKellen or Sir Patrick Stewart to die so <laughs> they can justify recasting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're doing because there's no X-Men into 27 as far as I can see on this list. Um, so I think that they're holding out for one of those justifications to recast everything because like you said earlier, Earl, uh those original movies are so iconic and those performances are so iconic they cannot compete with them so they have to wait for one of the critical people to die i think in order to do a like a reboot on the x-men i don't think because they tried doing a reboot and it kind of worked but it didn't and i think that's why they're holding off because i think they wanted to and then they decided to not pull that trigger yet that's my guess that's my tea leave reading 
I was literally looking at like the Marvel movies that are coming out in 2024. I feel like none of them are actually MCU movies. Like Madam Web is coming out in February, which I don't care what anyone says. I will be seated. I will be watching this CW level drama camp movie. <laughs> Let's go together. Absolutely. I want to be there for the line of my mother was uh, studying spiders in the Amazon when she died. Okay, I will Liza. fly over. I will fly <laughs> over because I, I need to watch that and then on Disney Plus when it invariably appears. But then, oh, well, like, so that's coming out there. Deadpool 3 is in July. Um, Raven the Hunter is in August. And Venom is in November. And none of these are, none of those are like canonically MCU movies. Except for technically, I guess, Deadpool. Yeah, like, in, like <laughs> in the, none of yeah. them are part of like the, the MCU like quote machine like they're not avengers they're not some of those like they're all these other spider-man offshoots or other things um which i again i know the writers and actor strikes kind of wrenched some of the plans that folks had um as well as again jonathan majors being fired from his role because uh he's essentially not a good person and then i guess whatever's going on with captain america because captain america as far as i know Finished filming ages ago and was edited. They're doing reshoots now. But that was because that was finished because Deadpool got impacted by the writers and actors strike. Captain America had already finished by then, but they pushed that into next year. <laughs> so I assume that they saw what they saw is probably they do need to work on quality control with that. Yeah. That is and a then big... allegedly based on like what I'm least what I've got on pulled up online, the 2025 list is Fantastic Four, Thunderbolts. Blade, mm. and then twenty six is Avengers five. That's literally what it's called right now on my web on this on my screen. Avengers five, um, and then Avengers Secret Wars in twenty seven. I am excited for Blade, but that's because I I'm horny for vampires and I want it to be <laughs> Justice Camp. I I am very excited for Thunderbolts, um, because I I really need to see like this villain turned agent for decency type of movie like if Suicide Squad was in the MCU yeah and this is where we'll get more of uh, the Contessa because it's Mm. her team but I feel like that's going to be an interesting one just because it's like a team of big not I mean like Suicide Squad's a team of random characters but it's a team of characters who are just like bit played in the movie (laughs) So it's weird that, it, again, it's like one of those things where they're just kind of thrown in together where I feel like that's something you could have been building in the background, especially if you, like, I thought that's what you're going to do with the TV shows because, like, part of it is she comes in at the end of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and she recruits that fake Captain America. And I think yeah. he's part of the team. Um, and then I don't think she has any contact with um, the Russian, I forget um, his name in the Outback Widow movie, but her dad, because he's also mm-hmm. part of that team. It's like, yeah. oh, you would think like this is what you were building towards. You would have her show up and recruit these characters. And that's that's also the one Harrison Ford, right? I'm very curious to mm. see him. Because he's very sometimes he cares, sometimes he doesn't care anymore. So like which Harrison Ford do we get in Thunderbolts? <laughs> um but uh, of the things um in the immediate future, which isn't technically MCU, but it kinda is, is I think X-Men ninety seven is due this year. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man freshman year, which is the prequel to uh, the Tom Holland movies, which is also another animated series, the Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Yep. 
which are both, I think, Disney Plus uh, animated services due this year at some point. Yeah, I'm really excited for The Friendly Neighborhood to Spider-Man and whenever the Daredevil Disney Plus show. I know they're mm. making one called Daredevil Born Again. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's for this year, though. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, I was really excited for the Agatha like show, Agatha Dark Hole Diaries, which has been renamed five times. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it now because it's been so long, but I'm sure... I think I'll probably still watch it for sure. I'm I'm just scared <laughs> of the quality. Well, because oh. that might be the thing that give maybe allegedly potentially the thing that gives us Wiccan, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they've got it's, Joe Locke as mm. Billy Kaplan in there. I think I've considering how good Wandavision was, like Wandavision was an actual good. TV mm-hmm. series. And I'm so glad they released it like on a weekly schedule rather than everything at once. Because yeah. I remember all of those theories and people just analyzing it and finding tidbits and that was... It, it really harkened back to like the pre-streaming days. Yeah. It was, it was like, a water cooler show. Yeah. Yeah. It was so... Like it was a whole lot of fun and Elizabeth Olsen does a fucking fantastic job as Wanda. But if they keep the same quality as they did for WandaVision on uh, Dark Hole Diaries, so many name changes, it'll be like it, I think it'll be great. And Catherine Hahn will deliver. You you can't convince me that she won't deliver. I honestly, and I know this isn't going to be the thing that happens. I honestly am hoping that all the name changes are like a bit that's part of the show itself. Ooh. Like maybe like every episode is actually mm. one of the names that they've given us along the way because that would be. I love that. Fucking that brilliant. Cool. Or like and the like, title screen changes every right, episode. Like every episode like, is a different, like, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, I, like, you're, I think you're giving them a little bit more credit than they probably deserve. I know, <laughs> but honestly, I'm hoping. It would be nice because you, to you're see giving it. me a, you're giving me a movie or a TV show with Catherine Hahn, Patti LuPone, Aubrey, uh, Aubrey Plaza, <laughs> wait, Emma wait, Caulfield. Wait. I didn't know about Patti LuPone. Oh, Patty Lapone is in there. Patty, Honestly, Patty Lepone, they made this for the gays. They holy made this shit! Show I, for I'm the obsessed gays. with Catherine Hahn, but like they're throwing in Patty Lapone. And after this, after they filmed this, Patty Lapone and Aubrey Plaza are now roommates in New York City. That's incredible! Wow. No, they truly, well and truly, made this for the gays. You can't tell, like they know their audience. They said, "I can't say this word," but. <laughs> one of those gay words on twitter they called us all f slurs and said here Honestly, you are like, listen slurs hey they sit down and watch those money at disney parks like um, i'm sorry you can't go wrong this is this is gonna be a fun show and then other i, was, I pulled up the tv show list which i should have had up before but other other tv shows we haven't talked about so there's a uh, eyes of wakanda is coming out this year what Agatha's is coming that? Out. it's an animated spinoff oh okay oh. Ooh, Marvel um, it zombies. A, it says a surprise addition to the MCU slate in December 2023. Eyes of Wakanda is an animated spinoff of the Black Panther movies, which will expand the lore of Wakanda. Um, it says that the official synopsis is throughout Wakandan history, brave warriors have been tasked to travel the world retrieving dangerous vibranium artifacts. This is their story. I'm okay. so anything more of Dora Milaje because mm. um, Ironheart is also in the works. Uh, the Daredevil, and then I think the other ones we've all talked about where they're yeah. like very far away. 
And Marvel um, Zombies. We're getting Marvel yeah. Zombies, which it's so interesting, Marvel Zombies, considering that the whole Marvel Zombies thing was in a was in an imprint of the comics that doesn't even exist anymore. It happened in Ultimate Fantastic Four. They was like, oh, we're gonna go to another dimension. Oh, zombies. And then they just spun off from that and is it now related to the zombies episode from what if or is it completely i not... i think no i think that's there no. the zombies episode of what if is not related because that's related to um ant-man and the wasp but like the uh, marvel okay. zombies gotcha. overall idea started mm-hmm. in um ultimate fantastic four when ultimate marvel was released i went to it immediately because it's so nice to have like if we go back to the whole lore thing, it's so nice to have something that doesn't have tons of lore behind it because it was like a mm-hmm. reset. And it was very interesting. So I was like, oh, let me read this Fantastic Four. And suddenly there were zombies in it. And they just spun that off. And I haven't seen What If, so I don't know how the zombie episode is, but it's going to be interesting to see this show. Yeah, any other, any other things folks are are looking forward to in the next Docket of things or things that you're hoping you'll get soon. Can't stop bring Wanda back for for the love of mercy. Bring yeah. Wanda back. I don't care what Wanda. Give us a Wanda. Well, she she's not dead. She's just resting. No. Yeah, well, just more or less like, with Olsen all day. And like in any good comic book, anything like they're not dead unless you unless they you see them definitively dead and have like a funeral and even then it's questionable like it's like, a comic like they say, nobody back. nobody dies in comics like i've seen right. people dead for like 20 years and it's like yeah like we, we got a story now we can bring them back the the x-men comics have an actual resurrection protocol where they just bring bitches back from the dead every two minutes and <laughs> nobody stays dead i want to see elizabeth olsen back like I'm hoping she makes occasional like appearances in the Dark Hole Diaries, but like, yeah. please bring her back if they have Avengers Five or Secret Wars and whatever. She, even if it's like the alternate one from Multiverse of Madness, bring back Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda. Yeah, she she's one of the better characters in the MCU. Uh, Chris, anything you're jazzed about? Um, I really loved Echo too. I didn't get to talk about it, but like, just like you said, it was just so well made. It was very grounded. I know we talked a little about how like, usually they're in front of a green screen, blah, blah, blah. But no, this one was so good because they were actually talking to each other and they were in the same room. So that really helped. And that's how all the other like Netflix at Marvel mm-hmm. movies were, or shows were. So that's why I really loved this one. Um, it sounds like there might be more of Echo, but I don't know how. I don't think it's season two. It might be just like different. I know they haven't talked about it, but just based on like what they're doing, um, I love that it's completely unrelated to everything else as well. And I could I could see her showing up in Daredevil, Daredevil. in the Daredevil yeah. series because like yeah. because they they already have that crossover connection. Like he, it's already been established yeah. that the two of them have cross paths. Yeah um so yeah yeah i i'm i keep looking over the list and like i think i'll get more excited when like things are i'm at a point right now where i have a really hard time getting excited for things that are more than a year away Mm. 
like and like the docket of the movies coming up like yeah like i'm i mean obviously madam web i'm i'm gonna i will be seated we might get a little high beforehand because that feels right <laughs> it's legal here i'm allowed to do that um <laughs> but like i i 2024 has some deep like some things that could potentially be really good could potentially flop really hard could go either way um I think I'm most excited probably for the X-Men animated though, because like X-Men have always been my like bread and butter when it comes to like comics and things that I love in the, in the larger world. Like that, like the, the, the found family were thrown together because of circumstance kind of thing just always hits for me. Um, which is why some of the other ones I don't think always hit as, as hard because like, like, I don't really care about any of you. <laughs> like you're, you know, like, or I'm trying to think, like, what, like, well, Ant, I mean, we'll, we'll talk briefly. I'll, I'll shit on Ant-Man. Um, <laughs> like, Ant-Man Quantumania, like, it was, it was, like, this, I mean, it was Rush. a tonal difference. It was, like, all this other stuff. But, like, I, I'm more excited to see, like, the daughter get plucked up into a Young Avengers thing where she's with a bunch of other people that can all kind of have that same mentality or that same level of, like, angst and drama with each other that you don't get from like your mom, dad, grandma and grandpa are all in this adventure. Like that's a different feeling. So I'm, I, I'm hopeful for X-Men 97. I think it will be good because they have the original storm voice actress, which means that we will once again, get the full camp storm. It's like thunder and lightning at every turn. And I am, Oh my God. But I know it's your podcast, but may I just ask one question? Yeah, absolutely. What would y'all like to see as a spot, like spotlight series in the future? Ooh. Hmm. More X-Men. I just really like the X-Men a lot. I is there a, is there a specific X-Men you would like to see get their own Kurt, little like spotlight series? Kurt Wagner? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I got the hots for that, that blue skinned babe. And I just want them to give me, a queer little show with Kurt poofing in and out all the time, <laughs> pining over people. I know. Poof and poof. Yep. Yep. Well, and I feel it, like it's his... Twink Beast. Mm. <laughs> well, and I like, I feel like, because his, even in the X Men movies, like his arc of what happens to him prior and like in earlier in life is, has a lot of potential, I think, to make for an interesting television. Oh, yeah. Show. There's a lot there. Yeah, it's not uh, just because I have the hots for Kurt. I also just think he's an interesting character who would make a great show. Um, Chris or Earl? Um, I have a soft spot for the available users. Um, I famously am a huge fan of Suicide Squad, not the movie, but the concept. Um, uh, and Marvel did one recently, not done. Uh, I mean, I guess this is a decade ago, but the Superior Foes of Spider Man, which was kind of a comic sinister six team it was like a lesser version of them kind of forming up so it's like boomerang beetle overdrive shocker and speed demon so kind of like more comedic where it's like these six villains of the week um just trying to be villainous and evil but kind of working together and they've been um i think you know at some point i think cvs had tried to do one for dc with on the senate not the sinister six secret six and that was also mm. just a really fun concept of like, you know, like these villains who are really down on like D tier working together. That I think is like, that's the type of show I want to see on Disney Plus. These obscure characters that you would never get in movies. 
But I think my answer on what I would love to see in a spotlight would be, and this would have to be after the X-Men had been established already. And like, we have the characters, but I would love to see them somehow do the house and powers of X. Like to do that story arc, because that was fucking wild. It's one of the few comics that I've actually read, like the full Moira X. Give us the life and times of Moira X. <laughs> it's it was just like I remember reading it and like it was just so well done and such an interesting story. And I think so like the themes of it in 2024, I think, or probably by the time we would get it would be like 2030. Because that's how far out they're planning. But like, I think that would be such a cool concept to like pick some of these like weird offshoot stories that might be hard to do in like a contained multiverse and just give it like, give me like this pocket movie that doesn't exist in the rest of the world. And like, give me that moment where we can like have something fun. Um, And I guess fun is relative in that story arc, but If I can answer my own question. Yeah, um, go for it. I, I literally have two answers. I would love to see Alpha Flight. Like the, Cana- Alpha. Uh, 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 the Canadian team with a North Star, which is a queer character. And okay. um, like, it's like, imagine Canadian X-Men. And it would actually tie into like some sort of previous lore because um, I think um, Wolverine used to be part of um, Alpha Flight, at least for a while. But you have like Aurora and North Star the twins and North Star is one of the first gay characters in X-Men and actually even got married like full comic. Um, oh, but then Gambit. I would love to see Gambit. Like, yeah. Give me a miniseries about Gambit. I just, for as much as we like have been teased that we're getting a Gambit movie and then we're not getting a Gambit movie and then maybe we still will, but now it's not. I just... Give me a give me a Gambit movie with Kiki Palmer as Rogue, and Thank the two you. of them going back and forth. Oh, it'd be amazing. Like, give give no, not even a movie. Give us a series because I don't think two hours is enough. Like maybe <laughs> this is Kiki Palmer. Yeah, <laughs> we need more than two hours of this. Also because I think his story could be spun into something really interesting. So in mm-hmm. more than a, I think with a movie you have to cut away things and it can be so rushed. It would be so nice to have like a little, um, like a little series, even if it's just for a season. Fine, but we'd still see you know a little bit of um, Gambit's lore. All right, and then my last question before we wrap up is, and I didn't prep any of you for this question, so think on your feet. Here we go. If you could pick any Marvel character that has not been casted yet and cast somebody to that role, like your, your person that you would love to see in a very specific role, who would you love to see? The look of terror on everyone's eyes. I'm going to shoot from the hip. <laughs> Do I it. think if I'm going to get my Kurt show, I want to get Chalamet. Little Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> that as... little sad boy twink. He can fake a German accent. I'm sure of it. And if not, we can dub it in post. <laughs> he's He's got a weird range at this point because he's yeah. done like Call Me By Your Name all the way to Willy Wonka. So mm-hmm. And Dune in the middle. <laughs> 
And do, yeah, Dune in there in the middle. Anyone else? Anyone else have it like uh, have someone you want to see in the MCU, like a an actor or somebody you want to see in the MCU in a role? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did what kind of question is this? Why would you do this? I love fan casting things. Oh god. Oh, oh hold on. Um I'll my my like wild card one that I always that I always yell about and nobody listens to me um is is a I would love to see Uzo Ajuba in the MCU. She played Crazy Eyes in Orange is the New Black. She played, um, she was in The oh. Wiz. I would love to see her as Storm. I think she has wild range. And I think she could deliver us some 1997 animated series level, like fun camp and crazy, like kookiness. I just think she's, a, I think she's a delight. I just want to see her do something. I want to throw Natasha Demetrio from What We Do in the Shadows mm. in with the Har- the Agatha Harkness show. I want her mixed in. <laughs> Just I want so good. I, I kind of want Carrie Coon also in that show, but I don't know doing what what character just just cast Carrie Coon in the MCU. Just get, All get of Car- the witches, just witches. Yes, yes. I just love Carrie Coon. I mean, you could I do like. like- I was like, Carrie Coon is like maybe like an Emma Frost. See it. Make it happen. I'm just like, I would just like throw out X-Men names and see if anyone agrees or disagrees with me. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was good. I would I made it good. I made it good. Um all right. Earl, Emray, anybody you would I would like to see Sarah Rafferty as Jean Grey. I loved her in suits. I thought um she she actually did a great role in suits. Um, and I would like to see her as Jean Grey, and I absolutely did not just think of that in the last five minutes. This, I was absolutely prepared for this incredibly <laughs> blindsiding question. Well, she, she was Donna, right? Yeah, and oh, I, love I love her, her so Donna. much. Oh, she was so good. <laughs> I she I think she would be a great um, Jean Grey because she'd add a little bit of sass, but also yeah. this like nurturing side that Jean does have. Yeah. Also, I just want to see her like fling people into walls, and then might... and then fall back on her fainting couch. You can't yeah. forget about just the like, fainting couch. You know, you know the Prue Hallowell thing. Just like crook one finger, they'll fly, and then suddenly she's on the ground before they hit the ground. <laughs> um, Earl, do you have any? This is one of the of the, the terrible things about me. I don't I don't do fan casting. I don't think of act. I, it's one of those things my brain does not process. Like I see someone, like, oh, they should be this person. I like I'm drawing a complete bank. Like I can think of characters, but I'm like, oh, I was thinking like Chameleon. Like who's a great actor who just like hides into any role they go into and does a bunch of accents? But I'm like, nobody's coming to mind for me. I mean, like I, I mean, huh? Kate Blanchett. She she's already been in the MCU. Dude, it's a double caster. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Put her in a wig. The straight men won't notice. <laughs> But awesome. but the thing is, like, what role would she... imagine? Ed Kate Blanchett as Emma Frost. I was thinking that. I was gonna say it's also because I was like, oh, I w- I would love to see Sandra Bullock in a superhero movie, but I like there's not a lot of older women in comic books. What about Destiny. Sarah Paulson? Make her make her Destiny. And she could be Madame Web, but that's 
you know, being taken for something else right now. <laughs> That's getting its own special treatment. Sarah, I would love Sarah Paulson in the MCU. I just and want her Carrie everything. Yep. I just, I just I, want her to ugly cry like she always does in the MCU. Like something bad happens and just, she just goes. <gasps> I mean, when when they when they announced uh, when the rumor broke that Pedro Pascal was being looked at for Reed Richards, Sarah Paulson was the immediate name that popped up as a Sue Storm. Because like the two of them together, because they have like good chemistry already, like they're good friends and like, like they see like you always see photos of them at like parties and things together, just like having fun and like that would be a fun dynamic. Let's get, can we get Natasha Leone into the MCU? I would love Please. Natasha Leone. I don't as, even know what she would as do. Who? Like Mystique. Just for- Mystique. Okay, but if she's Mystique and Mystique is a lesbian, um. Who would play Destiny? Who would play that wife they bring back from the dead? Sarah Paulson. Okay, so Natasha Leona, <laughs> Sarah Paulson are happily married evil women uh-huh. who just fuck shit up. And then, I don't know, Sarah Paulson sets Moira on fire. I love yeah, that. I don't see any problem with any of this. I feel like this is all good casting. Yeah, or or uh, <laughs> Natasha Leone could, I like her in a suit. So mm. I could see her as being like a government agent slash handler of the supers that comes in in every movie and just gets like a bit part, but in all of them. So we get her in every movie. So basically, basically she becomes she becomes Nick Fury. Yeah, well, She's like, like Maria Hill, but yeah. alive. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> they killed her off in that secret invasion. First episode too. That was so disrespectful. Such, such like, goddamn. Sick. Oh. Well, on that sad, depressing note of Maria Hill's death, <laughs> we'll wrap up. <laughs> um, all right. So this is my fun, the fun question that everyone at this point should know is coming, which is if you would like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? Uh, and we'll just go down the line. Uh, Earl, if you'd like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? Don't want to be, no, but uh, I guess I'm still on that site that we don't name, but whatever. Uh, oh, Bruce Guy. Uh, an Instagram on the break of bone. Uh, that's B R E A K. It's sad that I always have to remember how to spell it. It's A B O N E. Uh, and as I always tell people, it's just my way of wishing people the best of luck because in show business, you tell somebody to break an egg. So I was like, oh, you should break all your bones, the best of luck. So. <laughs> and Miss Juicy, where can where can people find you and all your fabulousness on the internet? Yes. So you can find me at Juicy Garland or at Juicy.Garland. Try one. You'll find me either way, I think. Um, You can also find me in All Our Faults, which is a Monster Hearts actual play podcast, which I'm very proud of what we're doing with it. So check it out and give it a listen because it's awesome. And you can find me in a whole bunch of other places on the internet, including uh, in a lot of one shots with the Tabletop Tail Spinners Network. Miss Emray, where can people find you? Hey, so I can be found... I, I use the same name across everything. Um, C free N R I C Sendrick. Um, and I can be found on Twitter, Blue Sky. I refuse to call it X. And uh, Twitch, if you want to watch me stream, miss all my shots and just be like a general queer menace. And beautiful titty streamer. Oh, yes. Because I like, I'm wearing a shirt for this because this is a special occasion. But if you so much even give me the hint that you want to see skin, this shirt goes off. <laughs> like, honestly, it's Hooters up in here. Bless. All right. And Chris, where can people find you on the internet? 
find me on Discord and TikTok mainly, um, also on Instagram and on and off on the other site that we don't talk about, but handle same, all of them at Chris the Fear. that's D-A-F-E-E-R. Um, yeah. And I will put all these in the show notes. So if you didn't hear something or you couldn't figure out how to spell something, it'll be there. You can click links and you should go follow all these people and support all of their endeavors that they're in that they're doing. But also uh, some of us literally spelled out our names. So do the work, people. <laughs> Listen, clicking a link is so easy. <laughs> um, and as always, you can find the queer experience at the queer XP on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Blue Sky. Uh, coming up on our I'm like got my my thing up. So this coming Thursday will be a new a new episode of Le- Legacy Life Among the Ruins. This is our ongoing story that we've been doing over the course of the season. Um, and then our next three actual plays that we have coming down the line through uh, early, mid-February is next up is Mictum or Mick Mictum Fluffy Adventures. It is a love letter to 90s cartoons where all of our players are hamsters. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, we are doing a one shot of a game called God Killer. It is a two person tabletop RPG where we'll have a special guest, um, Sam, who you heard in Delta Green with Juicy Garland. Um, they play a God Killer. I will be playing the God that they are trying to kill, and it's going to be wild. Um, I've never done a one on one tabletop game before, so buckle up. And then the last thing right before Valentine's Day, we are doing a game called I Want Your Bite. It is a bachelor style tabletop RPG where the bachelor's a vampire. Ooh, and it's going to be really <laughs> wacky. And I'm so excited. Uh, so those are the, the that's what's coming up down the line. I, I see Ebrae chuckling right now. <laughs> I'm just imagining the rose ceremony. It'll be like something from Drawn Together. That's ridiculous. <laughs> It'll be a it'll be a pin prick. They'll walk up and be like, "With this pin, I prick your finger and like <laughs> hit, like suck the blood out of you just a little bit." I'm into it, <laughs> as you should be, because you'll be part of that. You'll be part of that cast. Hell yeah! Um, so yeah, that's the stuff that's coming up. we I'm super excited about all of it. Thank you to all of my friends for joining me today and talking about Marvel, um, and spending an amount of time talking about how much Marvel needs to get its shit together and figure out its own way. Um, so with that all said, have a good rest of your week, everybody, and we will see you next time. 